2: So Bravo issued a response saying that cast members on reality television are not held to NDAs for any reason besides protecting storylines. That's just bullshit. Um, People have been allegedly threatened that if they speak... About anything in any area, including their experience on reality television or just anything. Like if they talk about anything that goes on, they will get sued. It's certainly not about storylines because you see storylines discussed everywhere on social media long before they air. So it's just a bullshit response. Um, And it's a way for them to try to protect their reputation and make it like there are no illegal practices and violations behind the scenes. It's just a bullshit response. It's just a bullshit response. Having been on reality television, you definitely don't feel like you can speak out about anything behind the scenes. And storylines is never something that anybody even talks to you about not sharing. It's just not, I've never once heard of I've never once heard of Bravo or anyone saying, like, please protect the storyline. It's just not because nothing is the same when it's on camera. And all the time storylines get revealed in the media and people never get threatened to be sued. But many people have been threatened to be sued by the powers that be for talking about anything that goes on in production. So that's just not true. But it's a great bullshit corporate answer. Okay, so let's seal the practice on the Rachel Ariana Vanderpump Rules saga. The Bravo PR machine is Vanderpumping. The cast is out in droves speaking about this because it's a circular reference. It's a for-profit scandal machine. And the more they talk about it, the more I talk about it, the more money we pump into this atmosphere. So it's been a big thing over here because I had never really been immersed in this world. And now I have a PhD in this world that I was never really that interested in. So today I would like to just seal the practice with any luck. We will not be talking about Vanderpump Rules or this whole group for a while. So let's close it out. Many of you like when I talk about other things and lip gloss and tortilla chips and other not important things. Let's just seal the practice and hope that we don't have to talk about this for a while. Shall we? Okay, I'm a big fan of Cozy Earth. Who doesn't love bed sheets that feel like butter? Oh my God, they're delicious. They make you feel special. They make you feel rich. They make you feel clean. They make you feel refreshed. The sheet sets are to die for. They fit my bed perfectly and they wash like a dream. Travel-friendly and hassle-free, Cozy Earth's bedding comes in adorable totes, making it the perfect companion for your adventures near and far. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use my code Bethany, B-E-T-H-E-N-N-Y, at checkout to get 35%
0: These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
3: Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: So I've been thinking a lot about difficult breakups and divorce. And people do compare a difficult divorce to a death. There was even a debate on the housewives about this one time, and every experience is different. No two divorces are the same, but there are many similarities. So if you've ever been through a terrible divorce, a legal divorce, meaning you are legally married and you have a legal custody battle, you know. And more than, I think it's like 60% of marriages end up in divorce. So many people know what it's like to go through a wretched divorce and custody battle. I am one of them. Now, often people have to stay in the same house because they cannot afford, they literally cannot afford to move out. And it is torture for people. And it is so horrible. And I've gotten letters and often one person uses the money as a power. I've I've spoken to people in situations where the power control over money is so great that one person has to live in the same house with someone. I mean, there are horrible stories, and if you know, you know, and many of you unfortunately know. There's another reason that people sometimes stay under the same roof, and it's called abandonment, meaning say you're married, you're legally married, and you just want to get out of this house. You want to take your kid and you want to get out. If one party leaves the residence, because you can't just take your kid, you're married, you're legally married, you can't just grab your kid because that's like almost kidnapping. So let's say you want to go out and you just want to stay at your friends during the time that you're not with your kid, which by the way, hasn't been defined yet because no one has said what the schedule is. And if you're dealing with a monster, there's no schedule. And so the person will try to control and take the kid and like, it's, it's horrible, but you love your kids. So you have to be there and deal with this person that has become your instant enemy. In many cases, the person's recording you, following you, threatening you. I've been through... All of it. Okay. I've been through hacked computers. I've been through emotional abuse. I've been through all of it. So I really I I know what it's like. So you stay because of your child, but you are suffering in your home. You are that's the that's the desperate when you're desperate. You are suffering in your own home. And If one party says, I cannot do this anymore, even for the child, I'll leave and then find a way to go back and visit or get my child and find some way before the courts say what's going to happen, because it seems like everything's an emergency. Like you want to call the judge, but lawyers will say, that's not an emergency. You don't know the schedule yet, but you're like, no, this person's torturing me and we don't have a literal schedule. So what are you going to do? Grab your child by the arm, kidnap them from school. Like if you know, you know. So one thing that a parent wants to do is not have the child experience that stress. I've been through this where I want to stay somewhere else and find a way to create some organization and take my child when I can. Again, no court has made ruling yet. So there's no set in stone thing. And if you have a difficult ex, and if you know, you know, there's nothing that there's no guardian. There's no principle. There's nobody saying what's what. So, I had a situation where I said, I have to go stay with a friend. I cannot have my child witness this toxicity. And the lawyers will say to you, that's abandonment. Cause in some states, if one person leaves the marital residence, it's almost like you're leaving the marital residence, meaning you're forfeiting either the residence or possible custody. Even if you're spending a lot of time with your child, it's appeared to be called abandonment. All these things aren't literal based on what's going on. The, the the courts have to have certain rules based on a majority of experiences. So there is something called abandonment and lawyers will say you cannot leave the residence. In my case, I did that and the judge applauded it because they said that no child should ever experience an environment like this. So you have to try to make a decision For the child, the best interests of the child, they're the number one priority. You're having your own experience. And many, many bitter and spiteful exes will try to torture the other parent because they hate the other parent more than they love the child. So they try to be spiteful and they threaten. And like, there are a lot of examples of this. These are situations where you're desperate. You're desperate. All the options are terrible and you don't know what to do. And it's by design. Because in divorce, if one person... Folds and gets weak, they just want it to be over. Sometimes people make bad divorce decisions, they go for bad agreements because they just want the suffering to be over. And that's by design, by one party. And it doesn't have to be the party that has more money. It could be the party that has nothing to lose. It could be the party that's been really bitter. It could be the non-moneyed spouse. There are it's it there's so many different options. It could be the really, really rich spouse. That just wants to use money and turn off the electricity or turn off, you know, turn off the credit cards or turn off, you know, the the gas bill, any way that one person suffers. And I've heard all of these examples. So when I say I stand by the fact that a breakup with a legal marriage and a custody battle is very different than a breakup that is not legally binding and that doesn't have kids. It doesn't mean that I don't have compassion for someone who goes through a terrible breakup. It means that I am allowed to say, and I have institutional knowledge on the topic, that a non-legal marriage without children is not the same breakup as a breakup that I'm describing. A really, really harsh toxic breakup i'm also going to double down and say that unless you are destitute or desperate there is no reason why you would live under the same roof as someone who really really hurt you or with from a very toxic harsh breakup it's just and i and i'm going to triple down and say that If you go through a terrible, terrible breakup and then a windfall of money and business opportunities comes, you're in rare air. That's a rarity. Most people that get cheated on and broken up with don't have an influx of opportunities. It does not invalidate the fact that you've gone through something terrible. It just helps. Most people that go through bad divorces and custody battles don't have a vehicle to make a lot of money off of that experience. And yes, I'm talking about my recent podcast with Rachel. I'm talking about Vanderpump Rules because I validate Ariana's experience as a woman who went through a breakup and was cheated on. I also validate Rachel's experience of a woman who did terrible things for seven months, was duplicitous and cheated, but then was emotionally abused in the process. So... It may two wrongs don't make a right. She went to an emotional health facility for three months that she paid for. It wasn't paid for. And she worked on herself. I am allowed to validate her experience as much as I am validating that Ariana was cheated on and broken up with. And it may be unpopular, but I can handle the fact that two things can be going on at the same time. Ariana can have been cheated on. I can also say that Breaking up with someone when it's not legally binding and not having children and going through a custody battle is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I've gone through both. I have not been in a relationship for 10 years, so that's a different experience, and I validate that as a real relationship. It's also a for-profit scandal. Scandalball is a for-profit cheating scandal. Where two people have profited and one person has not. That may be unpopular and that's okay. But it's a for-profit scandal. And the more that we talk about it, the more money that they make. And nothing would be better than going through a horrible breakup and then being financially rewarded for it. And a breakup that is not legally binding and a custody battle, a, a breakup where you don't have children and you're not legally married is not the same as a custody battle and a legally binding marriage that ends up in divorce. That is a brutal experience. It is a brutal experience. I cannot see a situation besides desperation and destitution and maybe a for-profit scandal that would allow for me to live under the same roof with someone that I'd gone through a horrible breakup with. I can't imagine working with and living with someone under these circumstances unless I was completely desperate or destitute or profiting off of the scandal. Sorry, it's not popular. I validate Ariana's experience. I validate anyone who's broken up with someone. And and for it to be twisted and for it to be portrayed that I don't validate someone's relationship because they don't have kids. It's not true. I validate every relationship that doesn't end up in children. I just am saying that a custody battle and a brutal divorce is very different than a breakup that's not legally binding. Sorry. I validate Ariana's experience as someone who's been cheated on and hurt. I also validate Rachel's experience as someone who has cheated for seven months, made horrible mistakes, went away to an emotional health facility for three months on her own dime, made no money from a scandal that is a for-profit scandal. It may be unpopular, but it doesn't make it false.
0: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
1: Anyone can win. Relationships matter. And only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I
2: have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of
3: wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey.
1: Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Oh my God, the podcasters are so obsessed with the fact that this podcast went to number one as a result of having Rachel on. So Just Be, uh, in the beginning, was top five, was four and five, and I was really excited about that. It had never been to number one. And yes, it went to number one for almost a week, which was amazing. And other podcasters are really criticizing that, saying, well, if she hadn't had Rachel, then it wouldn't have gone to number one. Well, exactly, but we did have Rachel. And if Jay Leno didn't have Hugh Grant on years ago after his scandal with Divine Brown, and Jay Leno didn't have Hugh Grant sit down on the couch and say to Hugh Grant first sentence as he sat down, what the heck were you thinking after the scandal where Hugh Grant was with this prostitute? That night, Jay Leno's show went to number one and beat David Letterman for the first time. And it didn't flip back. So it's hysterical. Other podcasters that are, you know, that want to comment on, but she wouldn't have been to number one. Who cares? I don't care how. I, I, I definitely don't care how we, we went to number one and we will go to number one again, but it's so seething with jealousy and so focused on other people's success and so focused on other people's journey instead of your own. And it's hilarious because it's really triggered people. So I say to you in business, if you're doing something that is legal and ethical and moral and correct and smart business, and you get to number one, you fucking grab that trophy and you own it. You be excited. So yeah, we got to number one because Rachel's team reached out to me because of something very intelligent that I said, because we orchestrated and kept a secret, an interview that is exactly how I heart myself and Rachel and the listeners who tuned in for one, two, and three wanted it to go. So you can jump up and down and criticize it as much as you want. You can also be frustrated because you've gone to the powers that be and asked why you didn't get the interview and have vocally been very loud about the fact that you wanted the interview. And many of the people that are criticizing the podcast are people that have trashed this girl. So they trashed this girl, which I never did. And they wanted the interview. And now they're mad that I got the interview and they keep finding all these different reasons why they're mad. The first one was that I didn't watch all of the shows, which I never wanted to watch all the shows and she didn't want me to watch all the shows. So the people, the millions of people, the three million people that listen to one, two, and three, they could have stopped. They're happy, she's happy, I'm happy, I heart's happy. There's like a handful of podcasters and bloggers that aren't, and TikTokers that aren't happy. Well, go talk to a therapist because we're all, thrilled. And we did go to number one. And yes, that was called smart. So let me ask you a question. All these bloggers that say that we're clout chasers. So these bloggers and podcasters, they say number one, clout chaser, did it to be relevant. I'm curious, what is everyone else doing a podcast for? It seems to me that the people that are doing podcasts are doing it for-profit with the hopes of a profit. It also seems like they'd prefer to be number one than number one million. So it seems like it's a for-profit venture. And I'm happy to give them the name of some people on the ground, my team in Hawaii, if they want to do a for-charity podcast, that would be amazing. But I think that it is for-profit, number one. But Number, and for clout, and for relevance. So yeah, if you're relevant, you go to the top. If you're for clout, you go to the top. If you're not for clout, you go to the bottom. I don't know if they went to business school, but like that's kind of how that stuff works. Okay, let's break that down. First of all, nobody knows what my relationship is with Rachel and whether I care about her or I don't. But now are we in the sharing is caring podcast universe? So let me ask you this. All the people that all of these podcasts trash on reality TV, like that's literally the business of these podcasts. They trash reality TV. Do they care about the people that they're trashing? Are they only having guests on that they care about? Have we called Oprah and asked her if she deeply cared about every single guest she's ever had on? did we call the today show and good morning america and ask if they care deeply about every guest they've ever had on while they run a for-profit business it is so obvious and so stupid and such dumb business and such dumb people who are saying that i didn't really care about rachel well if you're going to be jealous please don't be stupid at the same time try to be one or the other jealous and stupid is a terrible combination like And you have to have your facts backing you. So everybody who has a podcast, who's criticized, whether I cared about Rachel or not, needs to make sure that every person they ever talk about, including me, because if they're talking about me and they're saying that I don't care and it's because I'm doing this for profit, are they not talking about me for their profit on their podcast? And do they really care about me? Because I didn't get any Christmas cards from them. I didn't get any muffin baskets from these Sharing is Caring
4: podcasts. So I'm so sorry, everybody, that we went to number one and that I had Rachel on and that it was just a terrible exploitation because I'm going to, in the future, goo goo vet every single podcast guest and make sure that I want to snuggle with them and give them a lollipop and a teddy bear because they're my friends, we have to snuggle. I want to snuggle with all my podcast guests. I'm going to call up Mark Cuban and be like, why didn't we snuggle? Do you think I care about you, Matthew McConaughey? Are you thinking about whether I care about you before I have you on? Hillary Clinton, did you and Bill talk about whether I care? I had you on because I care about you. You're my friend. I'm only going to have people that I really love and care about on the podcast. Because this is Valentine's Day and it's a Hallmark card. And only podcasts with the ones you love.
2: Fucking bullshit. Sell your bullshit elsewhere. Bethany doesn't care about these people. She doesn't care.
4: Oh, this is the caring podcast network where we only care enough to talk about the ones we love. Like what? Be
2: smart. When you're going to be jealous, please be smart. Don't be jealous and stupid at the same time. It's a terrible combination.
3: Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council.
1: Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever.